Thanks for tuning into High on Horror. I'm Drew. And I'm John. This episode and every future episode is dedicated to the horror hounds and smokers out there who want to expand their knowledge of the genre and have a good time. Maka Monroe, the star of It Follows, is being followed again in the indie flick Watcher, now streaming on Shudder. We're going to talk about it more today on High, High on, on horror. horror. Interviews, reviews, and the latest news all rolled into one. All right, John. So, uh, what are we smoking here today? What am I? About, what am I about to light up? Well, it's October, so I kept with the theme: some candy apple. It's from Treehawk Farms. Candy apple crosses blueberry with pineapple and afghan. Oh, so I don't know how we get candy apple. It's interesting. Uh, the flavor profile is fruity with pineapple and apple flavors that combine with a smooth, creamy vanilla undertone. I don't, know, I don't know if you're getting I don't know if vanilla. I just got hit with all that, but uh, it's, <laughs> it's definitely very smooth. Give Candy Apple a shot next time you're ready to uplift your mood and get out of the house on a beautiful day. <laughs> okay. I mean, I can show you the bar here for it. On the left is calming, and on the right's energizing, and that thing's almost all the way filled. So the perfect, uh, the perfect fucking weed for uh, walks on the beach and you know puppy dogs. <laughs> yeah, puppy dogs. Twenty percent THC. No. Somehow it's. I mean, it gives you the energetic, and it tells you you're going to be focused, and once again tingly. I don't know why tingly <laughs> keeps coming up in these. Thirty-seven <laughs> percent of people say it helped with depression. Twenty-five percent say it helped with pain, and same with anxiety. Uh, the negatives say dizzy, anxious, and dry mouth again. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Okay, well. uh so, uh, look, uh, no. g- getting into our discussion here today, John, there are, uh, there are a lot more to list in these, but, uh, the invisible man smile, two witches, Rosemary's baby, drag me to hell, candy man, paranormal activity, a nightmare on Elm street. What do all of these have in common? Um, women that are, uh, end up becoming strong in the end. That's good. That's good. Yes, that's true. But also, they're all movies that deal with women in peril and their boyfriends not believing them. <laughs> you ever catch that? You ever notice that? Why don't boyfriends ever come to the rescue and actually man up in these scenarios? Well, it's been a while since I've seen Rosemary's Baby all of last year, but uh, remember correctly, isn't the husband in on it, though? He's in on the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. But still, you know, the whole but still, thing. still, he a prick. And, uh, you know, just the females always left to look crazy and, you know, because their man won't believe them or blames it on pregnancy hormones or something, you know, men need to start listening. And that goes for listeners, the listeners out there, you know, the women, women are always right. Listen to them. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's not entirely true. I mean, you know, women in these scenarios have a good turnout rate. Let me put it that way. So if, you know. If you're in a horror movie, listen to the woman. Yeah, if if uh, if, if if you know you know a woman that says she's being stalked or harassed or made to be uncomfortable, believe her, help her. Just smoke some candy apple and chill out. <laughs> uh, e- even movies without a lover being involved, like Catherine Hicks and Child's Play, for example, is made to be crazy because no one believes her. Um, and, and you know, and now I get not believing a kid that his who's saying his doll is possessed. You know, uh, but uh, to to not believe a fully capable uh, and aware person like Catherine Hicks is asinine. Women in peril need to be taken more seriously in movies, and I'd like to see a change in that. But uh, today's film watcher is uh, no different. So, uh, John, do your thing. Yeah, Catherine Hicks, 
has I feel like one of the most iconic like scenes and lines in a horror movie. Which is the talk to me, damn it, or I'll throw you into the fire. But then Chucky's reply is yeah, also like one of the you most to like fuck with me. And then he uses a <laughs> lot stupid. of misogynistic yeah. terms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good to leave it there. But that's uh that's Chucky for you. Uh what was it on uh oh what was it? The behind the monster, whatever the thing was on Shutter that we yeah. that we watched, where the woman was like, Chucky's a misogynist, but you love him. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's true. It's uh, true. So Watcher is a twenty twenty two American psychological thriller film written and directed by Chloe Acuna, based on an original screenplay by Zach Ford. The film stars uh I always mispronounce this, Micah Micah, Micah yep. Monroe, Carl Glusman, and Bern Gorman. Uh, yeah, uh, director uh, Chloe Ukuno uh, was presented with the script five years ago, but uh, went ahead uh, on other projects before circling back to the script written by Zach Ford, and uh, she rewrote it herself. And uh, The Watcher had its world premiere at the 2022 Sundance Film Festival on January, a lot of 22s in this, on January 22nd, <laughs> 2022, and was released in the United States on June 3rd, 2022 by IFC Midnight and Shudder. Um, I've seen Midnight has has had some really good movies. Coming. They're killing it lately. That's yeah, they're they're on it for sure. And uh, shooting began on March eighth of twenty twenty one and concluded on April sixteenth of twenty twenty one in Bucharest, Romania. Uh, the film took approximately six weeks to make in total. Uh, correct. Yeah, and uh, director Chloe. Well, I, uh, I would know it's correct. I said it. <laughs> uh, Chloe Acuno actually flew to Romania straight. Uh, from filming her segment Storm Drain in VHS uh, 94. Watcher is her first full-length directorial effort, too. We've covered VHS. Yep. So uh, make sure to check out that episode, too. And uh, so started with the movie here, Julia moves to Bucharest, Romania, with her husband, Francis. And Francis just started a new job. It's not really his home country. He was born here. Uh, it's his parents' home country. And... Uh, it's weird just to find a marketing job in Romania. It's, granted, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what goes on in Romania. Jobs, I don't know what goes like, on in Romania either. I didn't but. know Romania was uh, recruiting people. <laughs> recruiting. <laughs> <laughs> Julie is not able to speak Romanian, and Francis works long hours with his marketing job. Uh, she starts getting depressed and feeling lonely. Uh, the apartment's very nice, but and they have these huge ass like picture windows. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it looks really good on the camera too, but, uh, you can see like all the neighbors through it. It's kind of cool for like people watching, but I wouldn't want them watching me like just smoking weed, eating Doritos and playing <laughs> PS5. And that's probably like the best that they could see of like me doing through the window. <laughs> that's the highlight of what you'll see. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that, that's what you're hoping for. If you're looking through my window. <laughs> well, yeah, we'd be pretty boring people to watch or stalk. Just saying. Yeah, I not sleep much going a lot on. Too, so I don't really leave home. So yeah, I'd be pretty. Well, I guess she doesn't really leave home that much either. But probably just, just getting aggravated through the window. Just getting aggravated. Just like, how are they still fucking smoking? What the fuck? Like, do something <laughs> <Yeah>. else. <laughs> they won't. <laughs> uh, getting back to the story at hand here, uh, Julia and Francis decide to go for a walk, and they come across the police. Uh, the police responding to a crime. The next day, it's on the news, and Julia has Francis like translate the news broadcast and what's going on, and you can tell, you can just tell he's not giving her all the information. Mm -hmm. All he tells her uh, that someone was murdered. Then later that night at dinner, Julia finds out from Francis's coworkers that the victim was a young woman and was actually decapitated. 
Yep. So it's kind of like, uh, is he, uh, is he like trying to like not make her not feel uncomfortable because she's in an unknown territory, or is he a suspect that, that the suspense starts? Right, the throater out there in uh, <laughs> the Romania. Throater. Okay. <laughs> I gave him a different with. name from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, Julia's isolation starts to turn to anxiety and fear. She begins to feel that one of her neighbors may be watching her from across the complex and those big-ass windows. When she goes to the movies, a creepy man sits directly behind her despite many open seats. You know, that, I only, I would not have sat there that long. I've been like, nah, this weird. <laughs> like, there's people in the theater, but there's like less than 15 people in that theater. The thing that got me, though, was not even that, like, it wasn't even that, you know, like... It was like an end row. Not even that somebody sits next to you, but like just when you see the breath on the back of her neck. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, when she, yeah, when no, for she, real, no, for real. You feel somebody breathing on the back of your neck, and you're definitely going to move, I'm not going to be happy. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yo, let's discuss how tiny that popcorn was. Like she walked in with that. I was like, what the fuck? It's like two handfuls. <laughs> the container was so little. Like, I don't like popcorn, but step your game up. <laughs> she ends up getting creeped out i mean she was creeped out from the start i mean like i said she's sitting almost like in the middle and this dude comes and sits directly behind her yep. i'd be like no nah, you trying to stab me through this seat or some shit <laughs> yeah right uh so she leaves and then later when she goes grocery shopping the man seemingly follows her uh she tells francis who takes her back to the store but the surveillance footage of the man is inconclusive uh, Julia tries to file a police report, but they find her story unconvincing. When she was hiding in there, when she popped up, I don't know about you, I was waiting for an H2O moment <laughs> of when Lori yeah. like, pops up and Michael's face is right there. Totally, totally. And uh, Julia ends up uh, befriending Irene. I like Irene. Yeah, I, me too. Uh, who lives in the apartment complex next door. She speaks fluent English. And uh, Irina shows her a pistol, which her violent ex-boyfriend Christian gave to her to defend herself. Uh, later, she sees the man from the store later on the street, and she follows him, tracking him to an underground strip club, where apparently he works as a janitor. I'd like to think he's like the jizz mopper, though. <laughs> I, I like to think that he uh, unclogs the drains in the floor as well. Okay, yeah. Uh, and uh, funny enough, she runs into her friend Irina, who is a dancer there, and uh, Julia tells Irina everything that's been going on. Shit's going down. Shit's going down. All right. Uh, so I think right now, I think, would be the best time for us to wrap it up for non-spoilers. Um, this movie seems a lot like a lot of movies we've reviewed recently is, in a slow, is a slow burn. Yeah, we're on like a slow burn kick lately. Yeah, I don't. not even on purpose either. Uh, this is another one that does it right, in my opinion. The movie's right around 90 minutes, which is a good run time. Uh, Mika, Micah. Mika. 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 Yeah, well, I never I'm not going to say what I was going to relate it to. Uh, Mika uh, gives a very good performance. You can really relate to her vulnerableness. Uh, we spend enough time with Julia to really get into her headspace. Uh, she does a great job just embodying these types of roles, I think. She did mm -hmm. it with It Follows as well. Burn Gorman is always good at just playing weird people. That bulge is creepy. <laughs> the end in which we won't get into great details here is just a little lackluster for me. And I wanted to say about Burn, like, the whole time when I saw him, like, because you didn't really get a close-up of him, mm -hmm. 
you just saw little glimpses and i kept seeing i kept going yo is that the one dude from the dark knight rises you can always tell because he's always got them bangs yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh anyway uh yeah, so that bull creepy, like I said. Uh, the ending, uh, I won't get into great detail here. Uh, it was just a little lackluster. Um, it didn't seem reasonable for the ending. Other than that, I really dug the film. Uh, I'd give it a 7.4 out of 10. Uh, 7.5 out of 10 for me. I agree that Mika does a great job. Uh, she actually said that the most important thing in a horror film is to make the character super grounded, and she definitely does that. <clears throat> She's uh she's very genuine and believable and uh Chloe the director said that uh she was happy to get Mika because of the fact that uh Mika brings a naturalism to her roles which is absolutely true. Uh not only do you get inside of Julia's head but the performance is the cherry on top. We watch as she goes from looking respectable and being so completely uh, to being so completely consumed by the idea that she's being followed and watched that she lets herself go. She starts smoking again. Um, actually, I don't. She buys a pack of smokes, but I can't recall if she actually smokes or not. And I just watched it for the second time. She Fucking stoner. Does smoke one cigarette, if I remember correctly. Okay. Well, anyway, but you know, I, the one point she went to buy the cigarettes and then didn't buy them. But then she does buy them, yeah. And, uh, yeah. and and she starts dressing down and looking disheveled and all. And uh, my, my favorite scene is when she has a fight with her husband that we'll get into more detail with later uh, at the fancy schmancy party. And uh, she starts crying, and uh, you actually see like her tears land on the shoulder of her dress. And I just thought that that was a really nice touch. Um, the movie takes its time building suspense, but it keeps you invested like a good, good slow burn does. Um, the thing that's funny to me that I don't see anyone mentioning is uh, how much like a Jallo it is. Uh, actually, in my head while I was watching it, I was uh, trying to convince myself how it's not a Jallo. You know, like uh, the key rules to Jallo, uh, to Jallo films are that you have to have a foreigner in another country who's trying to solve a murder case and ends up on the tra in the trail of the antagonist's killing spree, and that's literally what happens here. You know, but the only thing that makes it different is in Jally, the protagonist usually witnesses a murder. And in this one, our protagonist is just trying to figure out why her neighbor is watching her, and that leads to her realizing that he could potentially be a killer. Um, there's uh, not the loud, stylish music that usually accompanies Jally, and there's not enough sex or misogyny. <laughs> um, but uh, this is... Uh, it's you know it's on the verge of being Hitchcockian and Jal and a Jallo, which is funny because Jally borrowed suspense strategies from Hitchcock, so you can see how the two mingle. And then of course the Jallo became the precursor to American slasher films. But um, Bern Gorman always plays a good villain, and Chloe uh, did a damn good job directing this. It's very clean and polished. All right, so uh, I think we'll probably get back into uh, the film here. So if you don't want spoilers, just uh, go grab yourself a tab. Just uh, get out of here. It's beautiful to be so good and sugar-free tab. All right. Well, you still around here for the spoilers, so uh, diving right back into the story here. Julia wakes up at her apartment in the middle of the night. Uh, Francis is at work. Uh, she gets up from the bed and leaves the room. Uh, she comes back in the room and notices that her pillow cover is off her pillow. Uh, then the pillow cover is placed overhead and she's attacked from behind. But to quote Biggie, it was all a dream. <laughs> I have to say, I didn't get up to when the pillowcase was put over her head, but I kept seeing that look in her eye and I kept rewinding, rewinding. And I, my high ass, I guess, couldn't, couldn't pick up on it. I was like, what 
the fuck is she freaking out about? What is different? Dude, I like no lie, I've rewound it six times. And <laughs> really? then I went, Oh, the fucking pillowcase is gone. <laughs> I got all that invested for it to be a fucking dream sequence, so <laughs> So you uh you didn't know what she was like terrified about when she first Okay, I get you. Yeah, but like I didn't even get up to when it was put over her head, so I didn't ruin that part for me, but I just kept rewinding ten seconds, rewinding ten seconds. Like, what is she seeing? And I'm like, what is she looking at? And like really it's kind of hard to notice because it's a light color on the pillowcase if i remember correctly yeah and then the one time i looked at it i'm like okay she's looking towards the bed i literally paused it and i'm like what is different what is different (laughs) i'm like oh shit (laughs) the pillowcase is gone (laughs) dude i wasted so much time rewinding that (laughs) Uh, that's good uh, when she wakes up she thinks she hears a scream from Irina's apartment Uh, she demands the landlady opens the door Uh, When she does, they don't find Irina or any signs of a struggle, just a neighbor's cat named Elvis who they were looking for earlier in the film. I still, we never, we never get an explanation to this. I want to know how the hell Elvis just ended up in in there. Do you think, do you think Irina just stole him? Yeah, possibly. It's totally random. Uh, In that movie, Smile, that just came out, the cat's name in that movie was Mustache. And I thought that was pretty (laughs) awesome. Like, they have a cat named Mustache? That's pretty cool. That's what to keep in the pocket. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not the cat the name <laughs> uh the next day uh irena's ex christian comes looking for her and uh julie enlists him to deal with her neighbor who's been watching her uh she wants to see for herself if it's the same guy earlier when francis was with the cops and uh he went with them because they said they would go confront the mm-hmm. guy uh so she he said that he didn't want to tell her because what's it matter right which I feel like it kind of matters. Like I it's agree. kind of a that's important, right? I can see a lot of other Christians or not Christian um, Francis's stuff where he just kind of like doesn't believe her, but like that one, I'm like I don't know. I feel like that is important. Like if you're telling me this guy's been following you and watching you, and it ends up being the same guy, I feel like that is very important. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, Christian bangs on this man's door, threatening him, and then eventually the person comes out. It's just uh, just an old guy, and he was uh, he was not happy. Christian was nice for trying to help her, though. You know, yeah. he, he didn't give her shit. He seemed just knowing him for ten seconds, he was more helpful than her fucking husband was. Yeah, and he was the uh, domestic violence ex. Too. Yeah, yep. Damn. <laughs> no, there's. No, I'm not going to make any jokes. I'm just going to move right on. Don't. The police show up uh, with the creepy man from the store, and uh, he claims Julie has been stalking him and harassing his elderly father at their apartment. Uh, this furthers the tension between her and Francis, who doubts the seriousness of Julia's fears. He tries to tell her that it's normal if you live in cro- close proximity to someone, you're going to see them around town. That's one of the ones that I'm like, okay, that makes sense. But the one, again, eh, it doesn't matter if it was the same guy. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) we're getting to the, uh, that work event you mentioned here. And Julia's kind of standoffish, kind of by herself. And lost in her own head, kind of. Just drinking. (laughs) And then, uh, Francis has her come over and he introduces her. Uh, she starts, he starts speaking Romanian. Earlier in the film, Julia talked to Irina and said how she wanted to learn Romania to surprise learn romanian learn romanian the surprise francis and uh sadly she's uh learned pretty well and this is like the first complex thing she's been able to understand she she knew how to speak you know just basics to get by but not even really that much but 
She's learned and uh yeah. She learned enough to put a couple words together. Yeah, and uh so that serial killer in town's called the spider. Francis tells a joke to his co-workers and they all laugh. And uh Julia asks what he said, and everyone tells her, Oh, it was just a dump work joke. And then that's when she's able to figure it out. And uh that Francis said to all his co-workers that at least she has the spider to keep her company. Yeah, that's some bullshit. <laughs> and then her and Francis argue and uh she leaves. <laughs> I would too. And yeah, and then insert uh tears dripping on shoulder of of a dress like i mentioned earlier and uh she decides to take the subway home <clears throat> and who's there that dude is literally Fucking that, that part that part when he walks on the, the train right there is literally or the subway is literally when i was like okay dude enough like god damn it now tell me you're not fucking following me like really and uh she encounters the creepy man the creepy man the creepy man he admits to having watched her and other people saying that he feels lonely looking after his infirmed father. And then he demands an apology from Julia for falsely accusing him. Julia apologizes, but she's terrified by what looks like a human head in a grocery bag that he's carrying. I love that suspense, man. Like how you don't you, know if it's you a can head, make but it, it looks out, like but a head. You can also like, like you're like, you know, you know, it's a human head, but there's enough, enough deniability. Looking Reasonable doubt. Plastic. Yeah. Uh huh. And uh, when Julia gets home, she starts to pack a suitcase, but hears music playing from the wall from Irina's apartment. She goes over to investigate, finds the door unlocked. Stepping inside, she glimpses in and sees Irina's headless corpse, like just sitting in a chair. Yep. And uh, before a bag's thrown over her head. She awakens, still in Irina's apartment, and with, with the man keeping her hostage, he admits to killing Irina and the other women... Uh, when he, they hear Francis' voice next door, Julia tries to call for help, but he just straight just slices, like, the. I guess it'd be her left side of her throat. Mm -hmm. And uh, the man, then he just lies next to her, watching her bleed out. And then he just uh, rises when he uh, noticed a girl, like like a little girl, just watching from another... Uh, across the across from the other building, yeah. Watching him, saw, saw him do the, uh, the, the throat slitting. That's, yeah. You think you think that kid's saying anything? Yeah, and he knew it too. You could tell because he was getting ready to go there. You know, he was getting ready to fucking. That's where it looked like he was about to go next. And uh, Francis calls Julie and hears her phone ring over at Irina's. When he goes outside, he sees the man exiting in the apartment. The man turns to leave, but he's shot by Julia, who stumbles out of the apartment, and then she looks at Francis. And that's how our film ends this i want to talk about my problems with the ending okay her throat looked like a fruit gusher <laughs> like immediately after like he cut her she put pressure on and stopped it from spraying out that's fine she's trying to crawl to like irena's table to get the gun that she showed her earlier in the movie and then like she reach, she lets go of the pressure and reaches with that hand you just see all the blood just pouring out and like the the uh I mean, she passes out, and then the watcher comes and lays with her for a bit, and she's just in a pool of blood. And then he gets completely cleaned up, he leaves the apartment, and then she's still somehow alive and shoots him, and she seems kind of okay. Like, she just kind of standing there, like, with, like, kind of a smirk, in a way. Like, I feel like she was so proud of herself. I thought the look is more of, like, a, I fucking told you so to her, to her husband. 
And, I mean, it seems like she just had a scratch or some shit. Like, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre requel, like, that's what it felt like for, like, the sh- the shot from the, like, trash bags. Like, <laughs> yeah, where he killed she, Sally, yeah. Like, and she didn't even look pale. Like, she lost a lot of blood. Like, we watched, like, a lot of blood come out of her. I, uh... I see. I, I get that. I get what you're saying. Like, I, I didn't think. Uh, I thought she looked a little pale at the end, but uh, uh, she is an actress. So to me, I, uh, I took that as she was just playing possum. I mean, uh, I, I like how uh, when he when he lays next to her, how like the they mirror each other and their arms like make an upside down heart. That's a nice touch visually. But yeah, the ending isn't so far fetched for me as it is for you. I actually found it surprising. Um, and still, um. She did lose a lot of blood, but who's to say she survives? You know, Me? like she could absolutely die after the credits roll. For all we know, that's definitely a way you could look at it, because she did lose a lot of blood. But uh, I'm not gonna say that. Uh, I'm, I'm not gonna say. You know, you never know, man. People get stabbed in the head like seven times and survive. I'm not gonna say she couldn't have played possum or maybe did pass out momentarily, but then found the wherewithal. I mean, but like, she's strong, man. She was already passed out. He laid with her. I'd say and it's quicker in the movie but i would say probably about five to ten minutes he laid with her then he got up and had to clean everything like he looked immaculate when he came out like you couldn't tell shit happened that's got to be like at least 25 30 minutes See, I, don't I don't know I don't, i've I never don't. killed anybody <laughs> so i don't know the time like i'm guesstimating and like dude she was spurted like out her neck i never took it that he took that long to like clean up though it seemed like after he saw the kid he was kind of like immediately out of there so i never really uh i mean but i like, never really thought that clean. it took that long know. and she didn't even look like she had been through anything she was just like oh god like it's just a scratch for fucking like my monty python <laughs> monty python i mean she was i don't know she was covered in blood she was covered in blood she did have a gash but on she her didn't neck look i mean like pale or nothing like, I thought she looked blood. pale. Like, she looked be... limp. She was kind of like her nah. arms were kind of hanging by her side. But I still gave it a good score. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. For the, it was just yeah. a little. I thought a little extra. Yeah, it's definitely a good movie for sure. Um, yeah. So, but uh, everything else is fine for me. I guess that wraps it up. Wrap it up. Keep it tight. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I think it's about time to get out of here. So uh, thanks to all the horror hounds and smokers out there for tuning in. Uh, keep up with us on social media. We got a, we got a lot of shit playing for October. So uh, I on Horror 420 on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, about covers. Check out the website, highonhorror.com. Uh, you can sign up for our newsletter, get each episode and guest announcement sent to your inbox. And... You can also email us at highonhorror420 at gmail, along with the social medias for Puff Puff Ass questions. And, uh, yeah, so stay tuned. How about, uh, wrap her up? Catch you later. See you, everybody.